Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Donna Freeman. I am the founder of Yoga in My School and Kids Yoga Academy. And today we're going to be looking at and discussing how to foster relaxation and calm in children. And our special guest is a good friend of mine. She and I have been back and forth in touch with one another for a number of years now. Um, And then we finally got to meet at the National Kids Yoga Conference, I think, two years ago, and then again this past year. Um, Carolyn Clark is a fabulous kids yoga expert. She grew up doing yoga with her mother, and um, who is also a lovely, lovely person. And, uh, and Carolyn specializes in relaxation and guided visualizations for kids. And she has just released her third volume, her third edition of Imaginations. And so this one's called Imaginations 3, adding on to Imaginations 2 and the original Imaginations, all three of which I love. So it is with great pleasure that we welcome Carolyn Clark to the show. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Donna. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And how are things down in sunny California? Sunny and wonderful. Um, yeah, everything is great. <laughs> we can't complain. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm in Canada, and it was minus six this morning here. Okay, that's Celsius, oh. so I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but nevertheless, it's winter here. <laughs> so there's my uh, my little jealous streak. I'll get that out of the way right, right off the bat so we can talk about all the good Understandable. stuff. <laughs> Understandable. All right. So... You've already published two books about with guided visualizations. Why, what inspired you to come up with a third volume? Well, um, I want there to be as many opportunities as possible for children to get a chance to relax. And I have found that the best way that I can help with this is by having guided meditations with um, very familiar, accessible themes that can be easily included in the classroom curriculum or in children's yoga classes, holiday celebrations, seasons. Um, and there's different stories and themes that appeal to different kids. So I want there to be as many options as possible. And I wrote the third book because I still felt like there were themes that I needed to visit with new guided meditations. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you're all three of these books really speak to your desire to invite relaxation and calm into children's lives. Why is this kind of one of your main reasons for getting up and going to work every day? Well, um, 
you know, I've seen firsthand the power of relaxation. I, I'm not a naturally relaxed person. Um, I tend to, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, as a kid, I definitely had anxiety and, um, um, it really wasn't until my senior year in high school that I, um, really got a, a yoga practice and, and felt how it transformed my own life. Um, so, by experiencing this firsthand, my hope is that kids learn about relaxation, um, you know, earlier than they're even learning about the ABCs. Um, I've worked extensively with kids in a preschool setting, and I just have seen the results of, you know, kids coming in from their fast-paced, frantic even um, lives, and they have all kinds of things going on in their home life, and um, you know, absorbing things that are happening in their parents' lives. And I think that we really need to remember to teach kids how to calm their bodies and how to calm their minds, um, to really give them a chance to recover from, from the freneticness that, that they're exposed to now. Um, when kids are stressed, they don't learn as well. Um, they can have problems managing their emotions. And they're less likely to make healthy decisions, um, just like adults. So I've really found that teaching kids how to relax is, is a critical skill, and it's going to have that ripple effect throughout their entire lives. Yeah, I've seen the same, so it's it's great. And that's one of the reasons why I love your book so much. And I, you know, I, When you first came out with Imaginations, I took one look at it and went, okay, done. Like, <laughs> just start sending <laughs> them to you. me because <laughs> um, they're so well put together. Like, you've really done a lovely yeah. job. And so for those people who have never held one of Carolyn's Imaginations books in your hands, I'll give you a little brief uh, overview of what each one of them looks like. Or maybe Carolyn can. Carolyn, so kind of what, when somebody picks up one of your Imagination books, what can they expect to find within those covers? Well, all of the books have... Um, about about 20 or so um, guided meditations. And they also have things to help get children ready for guided meditation. Um, so in the first book, there are several yoga poses that help calm their bodies. Um, these are all poses that are done lying on the ground um, to really help their nervous systems start to slow down and relax. And then the guided meditations are intended to help calm their bodies. So my hope is that um, everything that you need is in this book to, to calm body and mind. Um, in the second and third books, there's also breathing exercises. And so those are just another tool to help you with your kids or your students really um, tap into the mindfulness and, and the power of, of breath and relaxation. Um, and use it as a way to transition into guided meditation. And each Fabulous. guided meditation has an illustration. So I think that that's what makes these books um, unique. You know, there were wonderful guided meditation resources out there, but when I started the first book, there really wasn't a, a collection of guided meditation that also mm -hmm. had pictures. And that, yes. was, that was a big part of my my intention was to create something that a child would be drawn to. Um, and with books, it tends to be pictures. Mm -hmm. Well, I know a number of, when I show these to teachers, 
um, they they kind of go, oh my goodness, <gasps> perfect, because they would like to put the picture up on their smart board in the classroom. Um, you know, they just have a projector and it goes right up there so that children can look at the picture while the teacher reads the script. And so whether they want to open, have their eyes open or closed, it really is uh, very accessible to however the child um, relaxes best and how it helps to focus their attention on the on the image, as you say. So, exactly. yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Those of yes. us who work with children are like, yay, pictures, yeah. <laughs> visual. Yeah. Yeah, and that right. comes from my own experience of teaching kids yoga, that, you know, if I brought in something and just read, um, the kids didn't really respond to it as well as if I brought something in and showed them a picture first. And, um, you know, kids live, uh, kids learn in such different ways, and so many of them are visual learners. So they need a little bit of the visual to help um, teach them how to, to go into that, that relaxation mode. All right, so now you've given us, you know, over 30, nearly 40, I think, all, all in all, 40 to 45 relaxation scripts in mm-hmm. one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. When is the best time to use these scripts? You know, some, a lot of people who, who aren't familiar with using guided relaxation with children, they're like, uh, I don't know, can I just, like, whip these out anytime? <laughs> so when yeah. is a good time well, to use them? I, I think anytime is actually a, a perfect time for using these. Um, all of them are short, and I kept the mm-hmm. stories short because I wanted them to be something that it didn't feel like you had to block out this huge amount of time in order to use them. They're, they're short, and if you're reading them slowly, they probably will only take about five minutes. So we, we can all find five minutes in the day. Um, parents and teachers certainly can use them in the morning, um, kind of creating a morning routine and setting up that idea of calm and relaxation, um, it really carries then throughout the day. Um, I know sometimes for parents, mornings are a bit hectic, but I do think that if you can find a way to do this, um, you, you might see some really positive results in, in the way that your children behave the rest of the day. Um, also, many parents use the stories at bedtime, so they're helpful for helping the kids to settle their bodies, calm their minds, and really transition into sleep time. Um, in a yoga class, most of the times the guided meditations are read at the end during Shavasana, relaxation time, um, but I would suggest experimenting and trying it at the beginning too, because I think what you'll find is that if kids are coming in from something that was a bit hectic, coming in from you know, straight in from school or straight in from recess, giving them a chance to settle and relax. Um, they don't necessarily have to be lying down. They could just be sitting with their their eyes closed. Um, will really help transition into some of those more um, mindful, balancing yoga poses as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. And I know a lot of teachers use them right after recess or right after uh, lunch when the kids have been out and about and, um, yes. you know, those gross boater, lots of activity, and they want to, them to come back in and, uh, and settle so that they can then go on exactly. and learn that um, a lot of teachers then reach for these, um, which I think is quite brilliant, in fact. <laughs> yeah, I wish that that had been happening in when I was in school because I, I do remember that feeling of just being kind of like, whoa, what's going on? And having, having some help with bringing us back to our centers and focusing. I think we would have been better learners overall. Yes. 
Uh, now, I remember you telling me a, a couple of the stories behind some of the scripts for Imaginations 3. Um, so where did, I know some were requests, um, but can you tell us a little bit about where the inspiration for these most recent scripts has come from? Um, well, most recently, like you said, some were requests. Um, so one of my favorite stories that's in the new book is about a unicorn. And um, I was never one of those kids that was really into unicorns, but I, I got a couple requests asking for a unicorn-themed theme story. So there's a unicorn-themed story in Imagination 3. Um, and then I also wanted to dive a bit deeper. Um, there's a superhero guided meditation um, that talks about um, you know, your own superpowers and uses affirmations. Um, so I'm wanting to go a little bit deeper into some of the themes that we use in yoga. Um, you know, the idea of, of um, personal power and strength. And then I also wanted to incorporate some more uh, themes of peace and healing. Uh, so there's a story that's called Peaceful Body, Peaceful World. And so it's helping create peace in our own body and creating peace for ourselves and then sending that peace out to the world. Um, so I think that that's again, tapping into that idea of empowerment and, you know, when things are happening in our world that we can't control tuning inward and working on ourselves first, and then hoping that that radiates out. I think that that's a, a powerful message and, and tool for kids. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And uh, I remember uh, when I first got this, you gave me uh, my copy at the uh, Nas uh, National Kids Yoga Conference, and I flipped yes. through it, and I was absolutely enamored with a lot of the artwork. Um, each, uh, each script has a very unique look with the artwork, and like the unicorn one, I, I swear, like you put that on a T-shirt, and like <laughs> everybody wants one. It's like, just, yeah. just put this, silkscreen this, beautiful, um, multicolored mandala kind of looking unicorn on T-shirts, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah you're, <laughs> you're doing well. Can you tell us a little bit about the artwork, and, or even the cover, and where you get your inspirations? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I... I mean, ultimately, I pick out pictures that I'm drawn to. Um, and, you know, you can't make everyone happy, but I feel like if I am drawn to these these images, then other people will be too. Um, and because each story has a different theme, I've been able to work with different um, artists and select uh, artwork from a variety of different people. But then I work with a graphic designer that pulls all of them together and I certainly try to pick ones that feel cohesive. And, um, and then my graphic designer works with the cover and pulling all the pictures together and then adding um, touches that, that really bring the whole together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's really my I, favorite I, part of the book process for sure. The, the seeing it come together. Yeah, it is. You know, it, I love writing the stories, but when – you know, the magic really happens, I think, once you see it all put together with the images. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are such an integral, integral part of it. Um, and I must admit, I love the blue. Like, this cover is, is just like it pops. As soon, like I said, as soon as I saw a copy, I was like, oh, my goodness. And um, Thank you. I, 
I just had a, a, a shipment sent up here to Canada, and the Imaginations 3 flew off the shelves. Like, they were gone. I was like, okay, um, oh, I need more. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I'll be looking another order because I need more of the, those ones. Um, and so you've yeah. done, you've really knocked it out of the park this time. So, well done. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's certainly my hope is that each each book is an improvement on the last. Um, so, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So a couple of questions just for um, different people who may be listening in. Um, let's say that there are some teachers, okay? If I'm a teacher in a classroom, what can I do as a teacher uh, to help promote a sense of calm in, in my class so that we, we can actually get to the serious business of learning? Sure. Um, well, I would say three things. Um, first, I think leading by example. Um, as the saying goes, we have to fill our own cups first. Um, so really taking a few deep breaths before you start teaching, um, maybe having a mindful habit that you do every morning that helps set your intention for creating a calm classroom. Um, I know that when I go into a class, a yoga class, and I've had a frantic day or if I've been running late, the students really pick up on it and the class feels unruly. But if I've given myself enough time to commute and prepare and do a little bit of deep breathing, um, the kids pick up more on my sense of calm. And I, I truly think that energy is contagious. Mm-hmm. So leading by example. Um, my second piece of advice would be to use tools that, um, that you can integrate into your classroom and integrate into what you're already doing. So instead of thinking, you know, having to make space in your week with a, an hour yoga class, um, thinking of doing um, tiny bite-sized servings of mindfulness each day. Um, it's actually better to be more consistent and giving them tiny little bits versus, you know, once a week or once a month having a yoga session. Um, so looking for things that you can integrate easily. And then I would also say that just thinking about mindful ways to do the things that you're already doing. So every teacher has to manage their classroom in some way. So if you can use calm ways to get the class's attention, like ringing a Tibetan bell um, instead of you know, using your voice and having it get louder and louder and louder, um, using mindful tools actual physical tools um, can really help. As well as, like you mentioned, Donna, um, thinking about transitions and going from one activity to another, um, using it as an opportunity to refocus the class by reading a guided meditation or taking some deep breaths, um, using a Hoberman sphere, those wonderful tools that we use for, for showing deep breathing. Um, so those would be my, my tips for teachers. Fabulous. All right, so the other question that I get a lot is from parents, and they're like, oh, my, I have this lovely child, but they are so active and they are so rambunctious, and I really struggle with helping them to settle down, whether it's settling down for mealtime or just settling down so that we can have a conversation or settling down to go to bed, um, that, they're, uh, that they struggle with that. Um, and so what kind of guidance would you give to these parents who, are, who love their children so much and want to help them and provide tools for them that foster calm? 
Yeah. Um, so I feel like I have to preface this by the fact that I don't have kids myself. Um, but I do think that my <laughs> um, my approach to kids yoga classes um, has some parallels. And also I've babysat a ton. So I know that feeling of having kids that are wired and then trying to get them to settle down for bedtime especially. Um, so having said that, I think one thing is to make sure that kids are getting enough movement in their day, um, you know, really – having them worn out enough that they truly want to sit down, that they want to sleep, that they want to rest. Um, and I know that that's hard during the school year if, um, you know, recess isn't something that they're getting. Um, and I know that it's harder in the winter based on where you live. Um, so that would be where integrating yoga into your home life, so popping in a yoga DVD or using yoga pose cards, um, really making it part of your family activities to, to help get some of that energy out. Um, and accepting that kids yoga does not look like adult yoga. So it's mm -hmm. okay if they're moving, um, you know, and having fun with it. Yeah. For um, bedtime, that is where I would say look at the environment before bedtime. So um, just as before I have kids settle down into relaxation in my kids yoga class, at bedtime, I would have the lights in the room dimmed. I would turn off any of the screens, so turn off the TV, turn off the computer, um, play soft, soothing music, do calming activities together as a family, like journaling or coloring, um, you know, really help them start to soothe their senses a bit. And then when it's actually time for bed, I think that parents will have an easier time getting them settled. Um, once it's actually time for bed, that's where I think that my book could be used as a tool. Um, all of my books have a story specifically geared towards progressive muscle relaxation. And um, yoga teachers tend to be familiar with this concept, but, um, but for those of you that aren't, this is where you're actively squeezing and tightening a body part. So like making a fist, squeezing it very tightly and then letting it relax and settle. So by creating this false tension and then releasing it, you're helping your whole body settle. Um, so reading one of these stories um, and helping kids learn how to do this um, really helps kids self-soothe and gives them a tool that they'll use. I, I still do this when I go to sleep at night and I, you know, walk through each body part and squeeze and then relax. And then you really just kind of melt into sleeping. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Um, and if your kid still needs some more relaxation, then that would be where a guided meditation could help them with um, calming their mind too. So, you know, first take care of the body, then care, take care of the mind would be my, my advice. Fabulous. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right. Now we're getting into the holiday season, and this tends to be um, kind of, it, for a lot of people, it, it is a stressful, that, you know, the next four weeks can yeah. be filled with stress. And um, kids also feel that, especially with their various Christmas concerts and performances and just the hustle and bustle of the season. Um, so how can we invite more calm and relaxation into our lives and into our children's lives during this busy holiday season? Um, yeah, it does. It gets busy, um, and it's easy for it to feel like just 
a long to-do list of things that you're trying to um, check off and get through, but it's actually a wonderful time to practice mindfulness. Um, you know, the lights and the decorations and the music and, and the traditions, all of these things um, can be touch points for us for mindfulness. So I would suggest trying to incorporate mindfulness in as many of the existing holiday activities you do or creating new um, traditions that are mindfulness traditions. So for example, if you decorate with a Christmas tree, take a, t a moment to take deep breaths and breathe in and out, smelling the scent of the tree, that evergreen wonderful smell that you only smell at Christmas in your house. Um, you can do tree pose next to it every day. You can sit and meditate around it as a family. So there's lots of, of ways to take what you're already doing and incorporate a little bit of mindfulness. Um, another example would be with holiday baking. You can take a moment with your kids to have them. Um, it's basically a sensory game where they close their eyes, take deep breaths of a spice or an ingredient, and then they guess what it is. So these are wonderful ways to just tap into um, mindfulness opportunities. If you light a menorah, you can take a moment to do some candle gazing and just meditate with the light and watch the candlelight flicker. And, um, you know, so these are, are ways to take care of ourselves in the midst of a busy season. And, of course, I would recommend making some time for guided meditation because that is my, my um, favorite tool for, for making things calm. And the stories in my book have um, themes of winter time and peace and love. And I think these are all things that we can connect with during this time, regardless of what holiday we celebrate and, and truly how busy, busy we are. These are all things that we can, we can focus on. Fabulous. Yeah, I love it. I love how, you know, there's so many things, and if we just take the time to truly appreciate them, then maybe just let the rest go. <laughs> yeah. Focus on those, yeah. those simple, simple pleasures. Absolutely. And I think simplifying things, you know, talking with your family or your classroom and talking about the traditions and things that are really important, and then um, being okay with not doing everything and you know, staying off of Pinterest so you don't feel like, you know, your home has to look <laughs> <laughs> like a winter wonderland. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think part exactly. of your self-care um, is is being realistic and, and simplifying things for sure. Fabulous. You say it's it's truly, you know, the small moments that, that make the memories and and when we can, you know, savor a flavor or truly enjoy the, the the Christmas lights, the decorations, or the smells of the season, or those those little things, those sensory things, um, then it it means more. And, exactly. Uh, and we can live truly yeah, what's in the, the moment point and of appreciate it. it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what's the point of it? We're not enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> That's perfect. All right. Is there any other advice that you have for uh, for parents or for teachers as they hope to and strive to invite relaxation and calm into their own lives and into their children's lives? Any last insights? You know, I, I think it really comes down to leading by example and making sure to take care of yourself 
during the holiday season and giving yourself moments of relaxation and calm. And then that just radiates out and affects everyone that you're um, either living with or working with or however you're interacting with people. But, um, you know, don't feel guilty about, about self-care during the holidays. It's, it's an important gift to yourself. Fabulous. Thank you so much. All right, so people who are listening, you can find more uh, imaginations. You can get your own copy because you don't get mine. I'm not giving it to anybody. Um, <laughs> you can get your own copy of the book at bambinoyoga.com. Um, and it, you can get the one and two there as well. I know. How convenient. She's put them all on one website for you. Convenient holiday shopping for you. Um, and, Carolyn, you're also on Facebook and Twitter. And are you on Instagram? Um, I am, but not very actively. Facebook and Twitter are the best places <laughs> to find and Twitter. me. <laughs> I know. And, and that's okay. For simplifying. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're walking the dog, girl. It's good to see. So you can follow uh, uh, Carolyn with Bambino Yoga um, and, and enjoy the, the wonderful, beautiful collections that she's put together of guided visualizations for children and bringing more calm and relaxation into your life. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today, Carolyn. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to have you. It's been so great to be here, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. I will. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. This has been Donna Freeman. We've been talking with Carolyn Clark about how to foster relaxation and calm in children. There are almost a hundred other podcasts that we have produced over the years. You can find them all on iTunes. Um, under their podcast, simply type in Yoga in My School in your iTunes search, and they will all pop up for you. You can also find us on all lots of social media avenues. We are on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, and all that kind of good stuff. So always with lots of tips on health and wellness for children through yoga and mindfulness. It's been a pleasure having you with us today. Have a wonderful holiday season. Namaste.